You are about to experience the Jerry Banfield Show. Thank you for being here with us today. The purpose of this show is to help you learn something new, leave you feeling better than before you got here, and to give you access to tools, for example, books, practices, and ideas that can make your life better. These episodes are recorded live on Facebook Gaming, and if they're not on Facebook Gaming, they'll be recorded live on Twitch. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, I go live most days at 11 a.m. Eastern. I also upload these recordings as videos on my YouTube channel. If you'd prefer to watch the videos, you can hop on over there. I'm extremely grateful for your support on this podcast. And if you listen to this every day, the intro is exactly 60 seconds long. So if you start a new episode, you can just hit click forward 30 seconds twice to get right to it. Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I just finished listening to this book on Audible yesterday. It was a fantastic book. There are a lot of great takeaways and experiences and funny stories in this book that have helped expand my mind. I read books almost every single day for 30 minutes to an hour. I listen on Audible. The goal of doing this reading is to help expand my mind, therefore expand who I am, and this book was great for that. I also trust whatever book when I start listening to it, I get excited about and want to hear more. The two books before Matthews, I listened to about 10 or 20 minutes of them, turned them off or turned them on Audible. I started Matthews up. I'm like, I hope the third time's the charm here because those two last books just struck out. As soon as I started listening to Matthews' book, I was hooked and I finished the whole book in maybe a week or so. And I'll share with you some of the best things I remember from this book and We'll also continue having our live discussion on Facebook as we've been doing. And then I put the discussion from the live chat on Facebook out on my podcast at the Jerry Banfield Show. That way you can always join us in this experience. And I'm consistently reviewing something I've listened to that somebody else created each day to help you. If you find green lights interesting, then you've got a whole book you can listen to some of the best things I took away from green lights, one thing I can relate to a lot myself. So Matthew McConaughey talks about, if you're not familiar with him, he's an American actor. He's star. The first big movie you might've seen him in was Dazed and Confused. He also was in A Time to Kill earlier in his career, the John Grissom book. He then did a lot of romantic comedies. And one of the things I could relate to a lot that... Matthew McConaughey talked about is a time when he realized he didn't want to do romantic comedies anymore. Even though he was being very successful in doing romantic comedies, he was consistently getting offered romantic comedies. He, in fact, turned down an offer for $14 million to shoot a film for two months to do a romantic comedy. And he turned it and a whole bunch of other offers down. And he said, yes, he was in Magic Mike. He said... I, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I've been doing, I'm going to keep getting what I've got. And I don't want to do romantic comedies anymore. I've done enough of these. These aren't fun anymore. I want to grow. I want to be more. I want to do more. And you might look and say, that's crazy to turn down $14 million for two months of work. And I've got to say, I've recently went through a similar change. I was playing Call of Duty Warzone and my views were just blowing up. Some of my videos on Facebook were having 100,000 views within a few hours of going live. 
some of the videos had as much as $700 given during the live stream. Bunch of new supporters for $5 a month. Tons of good energy. People signing up for my text messages off my website, my phone number, and all kinds of good stuff happening. And inconveniently, I got sick of playing the game. I'm like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I've I've won hundreds of times in this 150-person battle royal. I've won hundreds of times. I know exactly how to win. I won as many... I won five games one day, and the games take 30 minutes to win. I won five games one day in three or four hours. I mean, I've, I've done it. I've been there. I've done that. And I don't want to do it anymore. And what do I want to do? I want to play whatever game I want to play. And I just want to play, and even if I don't want to play a game, I want to just show up, share whatever might help somebody, and do that. And uh, that I tried to make that transition twice and actually quit gaming and then would go back to playing popular games. And I even tried to quit playing Warzone a couple of different times and went back to it. And I could really relate to Matthew. Matthew, after a long string of success, like 15 years doing romantic comedies or something like that, and just getting deal after deal for millions of dollars, great setups, great scripts, great actresses to play with, amazing actors, like continuing to get fantastic offers and getting nothing else. He finally refused to say yes to any romantic comedy. And he turned down a whole bunch of offers. And I thought, man, if, if somebody offered me $14 million to play Warzone eight hours a day for two months, Maybe, all right, let's make it more extreme because shooting a movie is often a lot more than eight hours a day. Let's say if somebody offered me $14 million to play Warzone for 12 hours a day, seven days a week for two months, would I do that? And I thought, man, it seems easy to turn down a few thousand dollars a month, but would I turn down $14 million? <laughs> Like, well, I don't know if, if it happens, I'll find out. But I respected Matthew a lot for being willing to do that. And he said for 20 months, for 20 months, after 15 years of success with romantic comedies, for 20 months, he did not get one offer that wasn't a romantic comedy. In fact, for I think 10 or 12 months, he kept getting romantic comedies. And it's when he finally turned down enough of them for 10 months he did not get a single offer to do any movie or anything he wanted to do and the magic happened all of a sudden he said after about 20 months somebody offered him something i don't know if it was magic mike or which thing it was dallas buyers club but he started getting offers it's like hollywood received the message that he's not doing romantic comedies and some studios decided, hey, we'd still we'd like him to do this movie that's not a romantic comedy. And now he's he's late this thing, he's in True Detective, and he was in now he's been in a bunch of movies that aren't romantic comedies. But for 20 months, that's almost two years, my friends. For almost two years, he was willing to say no, risk his career as an actor, risk being irrelevant and never getting another movie deal. He was willing to risk everything in order to honor himself. Silas is back with another thousand stars. Let's go. Can we get a hashtag for Silas in the chat? Back again with another thousand, the number one star sender on the stream now. 
for this last week. Thank you, Silas. I love you. Thanks for all the support and all the stars. I absolutely treasure and remember every one of you that when I'm able to do what I love and you're there to support that, whether you're chatting or sending stars, like you all mean so much to me when I'm doing what I love, which is really cool. So I'm so grateful to hear that same message in Matthew McConaughey's book that you, no matter how much money you could get, it's not worth sacrificing yourself and going against yourself and your own personal growth. What's up, Dave? Nice to see you today. Dave says, easy to say no when you already have a boatload of cash. Silas, thank you for the hashtag, Jerry, and another 200 stars. Well, everything is relative also. I have a boatload of cash. I mean, my wife and I have at least 10, maybe 15 or $20,000 in the bank. Now, we also have about a negative $300,000, maybe less than that. I think our house went up in value. We might be down to negative 200 and something thousand dollar net worth. After you subtract all our assets, the house, and all the mortgage and all that, there's like 200,000 or something more in debt currently. Then, but I'm imagining there being no debt and there being savings and investments and much more cash to give to others. So it's all relative. Like my wife and I have enough money in the bank to pay all the bills for six months. And uh, yes, that is a boatload of cash. Like that is enough that I don't have to make money today doing this. I can afford to just do what I love and trust that when I do what I love and help you to do what you love, the universe will provide. And so far, you are all continuing to give thousands of dollars a month, which, sure, that's thousands less than last than March or February when I just played Warzone. But I've got enough. I have plenty right now. So for, I relate. Now, for Matthew, his idea of plenty versus my idea of plenty versus someone in a shack in Africa's idea of plenty, we all have different ideas of plenty. But the basic thing is that you love what you do and you have enough today and you have support in that. So from Matthew's point of view, yeah, he he certainly had plenty in the bank, I imagine, to make that transition. But it was also still for him a scary proposition because when you're someone like that, often when you make big money, you get big expenses. And yeah, 14 million might look like a lot until you're spending 100,000 a month or whatever math you spend back then. Then 14 million relative to 100,000 or whatever a month in expenses, not such a big boatload of cash. Ben says, my stream is perfect. Pastor James, nice to see you today. So I really liked that. What's up, Thomas? Another story that really stuck with me that's from Greenlights is or math just all of the almost the synchronicities. And like for example, Matthew to get his acting career started, one of the things that happened, he runs into a director in a bar in Texas who ends up giving him the chance to get into I believe it was Dazed and Confused, but it might have been something else that led to that. And he also had the courage to go for whatever he wanted. If he was offered something that wasn't the lead role, he had the courage to say, I'd like the lead role. 
Let me audition for it right now. I like the story we shared about his horror movie. He got offered a side role in a horror movie and he said, I'd like to play the killer. And they said, well, he's like, he, and uh, they said, well, we don't have anybody yet. Do you want to show us what you can do? And he said, sure. And he said, do you mind if I scare the shit out of you? And there, the secretary and the director are like, okay, that's fine. So he comes out and like scares the shit out of the secretary and like pins her up against a wall with something from a kitchen. Like how bold of a move was that? Would you have that amount of boldness to go for what you really want in your life? If they offer you at work, hey, you can have this employee position, but you think you ought to be a manager. Do you have the courage to say, I would love to be the manager and I know I could do a great job at it. And if they say, okay, prove it. Are you ready to prove it on the spot? And if not, what do you need to do to get ready to do what you really want to do? I loved how Matthew consistently emphasized that he was willing to take those chances. And a lot of us think of ourselves as not very daring and we don't go for those chances. And I'm glad today I go for those chances. I take those chances. And sometimes I ask someone for a hug and they turn me down and I get rejected and it hurts a little bit. And I don't, I take those chances over and over again. And in the last 10 years with my business online, I've taken a lot of chances. Things have gone really well at times. Things have went totally disastrous at other times. I've posted videos up with just the most intimate secrets of my life that have got crazy discussions going on that have generated all kinds of haters. And I've took some big chances with the content I've created at various points. I've published books called Speaker Meeting 2017 and Officer Banfield. I mean, they've got as intimate as I could talk to you about anything in my life in those books. And I asked my sponsor in AA and he's like, I wouldn't publish that book. And I'm like, that's, that's probably good advice, but this body's going to die someday and I'm damn sure going to get its story out there. I'm going to tell the most interesting, the most challenging, the biggest growing points of its life. And... If people criticize me for it, if the police come to my house because somebody read something the wrong way, I'm willing to deal with it. And I've dealt with it. And I've forgiven the people. And I've. It's amazing to live your life with courage. One of the top five regrets of the dying, which is a great book. I already did that. You can look that up on YouTube. Jerry Banfield, Top Five Regrets of the Dying. I talked about that book. And one of the top five regrets is people said, when they were on their deathbed, they said, I wish I'd lived my life how I really wanted to. And not how I thought my mom or my husband thought I should live it, but I wished I would have lived my life how I wanted to. For example, there was a woman in the book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, very good book, highly recommend you read that. She said that she really wanted to travel and she really was tired of being married to her husband but she just stayed married to her husband thinking she could travel later. She didn't want to deal with what her mother would say if she got divorced from her husband. And then, you know what happened. Then she got some fatal disease, was on her deathbed and says, damn it, I should have, I wish I would have just divorced my husband, went and did what I wanted to in my life before this happened and it's too late for me. But she told the author, you, can go out there and courageously live your life. You can go out there and just do what feels right to you. 
So what if someone else thinks that you shouldn't do that? I remember I was dating the dispatcher at work and it felt bull it felt wrong and right. And almost everybody in my life said, stop with her. We don't want to hear about her anymore. This is stupid. And I'm so glad I did that today because that was a one of the more courageous things I've done in my life was to realize that if I go for this girl at work, it might mess the career I've worked hard for four years up or for you know, maybe a year or two longer than that. But I might lose everything in my career, maybe even my life. But damn it, this girl is gorgeous. I'm going to go for it. I don't care if she's trouble. I have had wanted, you know, this is worth it. And uh, all the lessons I learned out of that have helped me get where I'm at today. And I'm glad I had the courage to quit my job to do my online business. Yes, Thomas says you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I'm so grateful. In 2011, I was in graduate school, which I had been really passionate about a year before, and I started a business online, and I got really excited about doing my business online. And I had the courage to quit my PhD program, quit a very safe, predictable career that would have easily paid the bills as it has for my friends for 10 years, where there, there would have been very little risk, very high level of comfort, very easy to, I would have been a tenured professor probably by now or close to it. And I turned, I quit that track on life because my enthusiasm all went over into my business. And I'm unwilling to do anything I'm not enthusiastic about. And I know if my village needs water, I'll get enthusiastic and nobody else is able-bodied. I'd be enthusiastic about being the bucket carrier or the aqueduct builder. Whatever, I think whatever we're naturally attracted and God-gifted to do, we'll, our enthusiasm will guide us toward that. And we'll really want to do it and we'll love it. Adam says, do you think ditching Warzone has had a negative impact on your audience? Absolutely not. I think the people who have really cared about me in particular and and what I've got to say, I think you're getting a better experience now than ever with these chatting streams because if you miss the stream, you can just very you can easily look at for it, listen back to it and enjoy it. And the majority of people all the people who are not watching anymore didn't care that much about watching something I created. They cared about watching Warzone more than they cared about watching me play Warzone. And they're all doing fine. And I do my best to not distract by constantly sharing other people, but consistently, maybe once or twice a week, share another Warzone streamer that I think if you enjoyed me playing Warzone, you'll enjoy watching them play Warzone. For example, Frisky Fitzy Gaming. For example, the Crazy Hillbilly Gaming. And there's there's lots more I could go off and name right now. Big supporters in the community. Geo with Cap, C-A-P on Facebook's his gaming page. Uh, Jojo with X Downfall 7X. And uh, there's just a whole bunch more of y'all. And I think this has actually created a much better experience for those of you that now that you really care about me seeing what you have to say, I'm actually looking at and reading what you have to say. I'm able to notice what you've got to say now. There's not 2,000 comments on most of my live streams, which means I can easily read five or 600 comments in an hour or two on a stream. 
Whereas 2,000 comments, I'm, I'm missing most of them. Lisa says, I'm definitely a risk taker. If you don't go for it, it's definitely no. Exactly, and yet sometimes this is difficult. For example, I have the, uh, the girl that I had the biggest crush on in high school that I think might have actually liked me back too. I never said anything at all to her about it. Didn't come close to even making any of my feelings for her known. And I mean, I had a long crush years after seeing her in person still. And even just being friends with her on Facebook still have some emotional connection there. At least, you know, it's one direction for sure. I ended up telling my wife about it as I was talking to her about my phone pin and this girl's name was still my phone pin because of, I'd set it up when the crush on her was pretty fresh, like, you know, a year after, maybe I'd seen her a few months, I'd ran into her. So I'd set my phone pin up and I ended up talking to my wife about that and I realized I've been friends with this girl on Facebook for probably 10 years. We've hardly exchanged any messages except one time I sent her, here's my, what was that website? Kickstarter, you know, pledge to my Kickstarter. I'll spam you with something, but I won't send you a meaningful message. Then she sent me a message one day about my mother and prayers for her and what she was going through. And I realized after telling my wife this story, I'm like, this is something that would be really nice for you to share with the actual girl herself. Because if it was me, and there was a girl from high school who had a crush on me and that I was still friends with on Facebook, which there's not a lot of options there. I've removed a lot of people I haven't seen lately. And therefore, I removed most of the people I was friends with in high school and college that I didn't keep up with. If, if the situation was reversed, I would love for her to have told me about it. And at the same time, I felt just disgustingly vulnerable horribly vulnerable like oh i just there's no need for this like i don't want anything out of her like i'm not trying to start an affair or something in which case there'd be that motivation to send a message and i my relationship with my wife is very happy i love my life like there's no reason to cause any chaos or any little bit of drama in my life and yet i realized i kept thinking and kept having the desire to send her a message and i'm like I just don't want to be vulnerable and take that risk. Like take the risk that, you know, she immediately unfriends me or blocks me or sends me some really nasty message or or takes it the wrong way and it's like, how oh, I loved you too. Come on, let's leave our, our partners for each other. Like I just thought this has almost nothing good to offer on the surface. And yet I feel like I really, really, really want to do it. And I'm like, this is inconvenient. And th little things like that can be, a, it can that I looked at it and I realized this is a little test of my courage. And the courageous me would absolutely send that message. So I sent her a short message and warmed her up a little bit. And I said, are you open to a, would you like to hear a funny story after? I sent a short message about something we talked about before. This is a girl like I hadn't talked with her at all on message in like a year, but she's watched some of my stories and I like some of her posts. So, so I sent, I kind of, I'm like, hey, would you like to hear a funny story? So then I sent like a two paragraph thing of kind of the whole story I just told you and just told her like, yeah, I had a huge crush on you in high school and just wanted you to know. That's all. 
and then she sent me back a, a message which uh, she, she she saw what I said she processed it and she sent me a message back which I was happy with and now it's over like at least you never know what could come of things and how you can help people but I'm so glad I did that because maybe there's something she'll tell somebody else because of how I told her that maybe she'll open up to somebody else about something that she needs to talk about them with and that's what's beautiful about being courageous is you just release when you're courageous. It just, the things you give are carried forward into the rest of the world and then they come back with you. And who knows, maybe one day some girl will say, or some guy will say that maybe one of my friends from high school had a, one of my guy friends from high school had a crush on me. I think he might have actually. <laughs> maybe someday, the person who had a crush on me in high school will have the courage to say, Jerry, I just had a crush on you in high school and I just wanted you to know. And now when I pro when I get a message like that, I can appreciate that that was something the other person primarily needed to do for their own vulnerability, their own courage, and for me to be able to process that in a loving, understanding, and grateful space for my own self-confidence. But sometimes... You know, like I imagine this girl now, she's almost, she's in her 30s like me. She's got kids and stuff. Like, she might not see herself as like this, you know, hot, sexy high school girl anymore, but I still see her like that. And one of the biggest things that helps us change our life is to see ourselves how other people see us. Because often we look in the mirror and we're too critical of ourselves. But from somebody else's point of view, we look beautiful, we look perfect, we look amazing. And from from my point of view, like, wow, you just, you know, the girl look, still looks like an amazing, she still looks amazing to me. But it can be easy when you, you know, from her point of view, she might be bogged down in the daily grind of being a mom. She might not feel as attractive as she used to. I don't know, because I don't hardly talk to her that much. But something... Helping, getting that point of view from somebody else can make a difference to how one sees themselves. So I, I like, there was, I, I like seeing that kind of courage throughout Matthew's book. And he said that he struggled with not want, he struggled with turning down those romantic comedies and thinking about, man, you know, that's $14 million for two months of work. Doesn't seem, uh, I'm glad he stuck through it. Another story that really stuck with me from this book. He talks about this. I'll just tell the story straight. So, long story, well, let me tell it as best I can. So his dad was quite a character, and his dad, was. they lived in Texas growing up, and his dad went over to hang out with some friends in Mississippi one night, and his friends were having a pissing contest at like two in the morning, and they were drawing lines on a wall and seeing who could piss the highest. And I guess his dad won the pissing contest and was able to piss up to six feet five, which was the tall, one of the tallest people there's head. But the tallest person, I guess, was six foot seven, and nobody could piss over that guy's head with the lines drawn on the walls. Nobody could piss over that guy's head. So they start, they're drinking and they're talking and joking and stuff. And his dad says, my son could piss over your head 
And the other guy's like, no, no way. And he's like, yeah, I'll bet you my son could piss over your head. And the guy's like, yeah, what do you want to bet? And he'd been wanting to get his son a dirt bike. So he sees this guy's dirt bike laying around. He's like, I'll bet you that dirt bike. My son can piss over your head. And the guy's like, no way. I'll take the bet. So he, his dad says, all right, all of you wait here. I'm going to go pick my son up and bring him here. And we're going to have this pissing contest right now. It was like two in the morning or so. So his dad drives 112 miles, I think he said it was, back to pick his Matthew's older brother up at f like four in the morning. He drives him, the, his older brother, he drives his eight-year-old older brother back 112 miles to Mississippi to see his friends, gives him two beers to drink on the way there, won't let him go to the bathroom, brings him in, and says, son, I want you to piss over that line. And it, he says, great. And apparent, from what Matthew said, his older brother, Matthew wasn't there, but this is his older brother story. His, older, his brother, his eight-year-old brother pisses two feet higher than the line. And now I often like going to the bathroom in my backyard. It saves water. And it keeps the house smelling nicer. I, I don't like it. If you got a bunch of urine in the toilet all day, it smells like piss every time you go. And why not just return the water back outside where it goes? And now I'm, <laughs> I'm having my own pissing contest with myself and I can't even get it over my own head. I'm like, how did this little boy piss almost nine feet in the air? But I'm like, I guess if he held it, for two hours and drank two beers at eight years old. But I keep laughing at that story like every day. I'm like, man. And one night I tried to hold it a bit and see if I could get the, do more of a, a better result in my own little pissing contest. And I haven't even been able to get hardly over, barely over five feet, let alone six feet, seven. And I'm five, I'm five feet, 11 tall, so. That was one of the funniest stories from the book, the pissing contest that his dad had. That was a real classic. There's lots of great stories like that in this book, which is why it was such a joy to read. If you've got anything else you want to talk about, I'll be happy to answer that. David Caulfield says, best book, life-changing, which book? I, I didn't see one that you said. Brian said, early in early 2020, I invested a couple bucks, I'd say, by financing three lots. 2021 came by and I'm doubling my money. I'm only 27, so I feel like money is going to help my future. Money can, it, money is wonderful. I love having money. And at the same time, money can be annoying. It's just like anything else in life. It's got those ups and downs. 50 Cent's book talked about how he's gotten so rich that he'll buy somebody a car and that sometimes people will come at him like, come on, 50 a car? You could have bought me a house. So, it's however you make it. If you make money a great thing that you love and you're happy to have and you can help people, then it's wonderful. Fish raid. Is that a cyber fish raid? Thank you. You just, I was just talking about uh, Matthew McConaughey's book. I have a just hanging out or chatting stream almost every day about this time. And we just had, uh, I just talked about the pissing contest that his dad and his older brother had. That was a really funny story from the book. Christian, what's up? Nice to see you again. Christian, love your hair and the profile picture. I, I love colorful. I don't know if 
that purple hair that's fabulous josie says the more money we have the more we stress about it that's often what happens i found that at at one point i have had net debt which means my net worth has been zero or less since i was 18 years old except in 2018 at one point i had over a half million in crypto which meant for the first time in my life i had a positive net worth and i was more stressed out about money than i'd ever been before i was afraid obsessed with making even more than that i took too long to cash it out and the 5 or 600,000 in crypto turned into about 100,000 which was still great but big difference right Kevin what's up Kevin nice to see you are you here from the cyber fish raid as well for some reason it doesn't send me an alert at all when somebody raids but I take your word for it you never pull my pickup <laughs> hey you gotta love yourself love yourself that's a big thing I do and talk about on my stream is is love yourself Oh yeah, yeah, there's like 30 watching now. Yeah, I pulled Josie's up in front of like 2,000 watching. Love yourself. You, if I am in the best position to appreciate how beautiful I am. Like my wife can certainly appreciate it and she does consistently and we spend time doing, we, we have consistent sex, which is really nice every other day or so. I've got a very high sex drive and I love it. I think that a health... My idea of being healthy is having a high sex drive. I realize that might not be everybody's, but that's mine. I am, but still, I am in the best position to appreciate the beauty of my own body because I'm in it all day. I'm the one that sees it in the mirror. I wash it off in the shower every one to four days, depending on, I'm sweating up in, I am sweating all over in here, so this will be a shower day. I'm in the best position to appreciate my own beauty, my own skills, my own talents. So I encourage you, love yourself. You know, I get excited if somebody else, oh, let's talk about Jerry. I don't know, I get kind of awkward though. Sometimes I raid people and they talk about how great I am and sometimes it's kind of awkward because I'm like, goodness sakes, Jerry is the Messiah. Jerry is the Savior. Don't, don't, Jerry is the next Jesus Christ. Jerry is the next Buddha. Jerry is not even the next. Jerry is just so great that well, people won't even remember Buddha or Jesus anymore because Jerry. Jerry will just, is so great. Jerry will blot out all the memory of anybody else before and everyone we will worship Jerry. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little awkward, but definitely make sure you're loving yourself and appreciating your own beauty because what everybody else can do for you is a function of what you can do for yourself. And now more people than ever, especially myself and my wife and my kids are even like, Daddy, you're so pretty. You know, it's really nice. And that's because I love how I look today. I didn't used to. I used to, you know, I'd kind of go about with this false kind of like modesty. But then if you really got to it, I'd be like, I'm a badass perv. You know, like that's what I felt the truth was about me. And thanks to the recovery and the help I've gotten Alcoholics Anonymous, I love myself. I appreciate my beauty. And I'm happy whenever anybody else notices. And I also see that people who notice my beauty, it's because they're able to notice their own beauty as well. So I hope you're all out there loving yourself and appreciating yourselves because if you can see the beauty of where you're at today, 
then you can also create whatever kind of beauty you want in the future. Like if you want your beauty in the future to be a little thinner than your beauty is today, then you can do that. Me, I'm setting up, I want some more, I want a little bit more trim right here. I want a little bit more of a tan. This is a little bit white, a little bit white. I like a little bit more of a tan because I want all that vitamin D. I like being out in the sun. So I'm glad today I can appreciate my own beauty and appreciate my own talents. And Matthew's big on this in his book on appreciating and using your own talents and your own skills and expressing yourself. So I'm glad we've had a great talk about this book. And uh, I appreciate all of you being here today. I think we'll switch over and do a little bit magic stream. I know living in Florida that white, well, I've just recently been committing to getting my shirt off. So I'm grateful for Matthew for writing this book about his life, which was helpful to me and getting it up and narrating it on Audible also. Read by the author is important to me. I will end the recording of the talk about green lights now, which will be available on my podcast, The Jerry Banfield Show. If you prefer to just listen to these discussions or if you get behind and want to catch up, and uh, we record this live on Facebook almost every day, usually around 11 a.m. Eastern. And I appreciate you being here for this.